Hey everybody, we at Podgave Rock and Roll Do You want to make it clear that we don't mean any offense by our comments, critiques, or opinions. We're not music critics, just buddies that use talking about music as an excuse to hang out. Also, our language is intended for adult ears. Enjoy! Cause I'm in the shed house Wish I played in a rock and roll band Somebody give me a dollar bill So I can pass out So for the second for the second straight year, we are doing this podcast, and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction film came out. So what you mean is we're actually still doing the podcast after a year? Yeah. <laughs> I think is what yeah, you're trying to second, say. This is our second annual. It's like they keep Hall doing it. We keep being here. They, they keep releasing them, and we keep being here. And let's just let, run down <laughs> so the list real quick. You think everyone was eagerly awaiting our our take this year? They did a few of yeah. those before we ever did. It sounds like we coincide or something. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is this is I think this is one of our biggest shows of the year, right? You know, I think our fans or our audience is like, when are they going to talk about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Yeah, yeah. They, that's the most yeah. important thing in rock these days, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's Thanksgiving, exactly. and that's coming out. The Beatles doc's coming out, and Bob Gabe Rock yeah. is going to give us their thoughts on the Hall of Fame. It's like get back Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame. The <laughs> inductees this year were Tina Turner, Carol King, The Go Go's, Jay Z. Foo Fighters and Tide Rundgren, which is an eclectic class. <laughs> I can't say it. When I looked at it, I was like, "Oof!" I, whether I was going to watch it or not, I'm going to skip yeah. this year. I mean, I, I respect them all, but it just, it just seemed a little like the Hall of Fame goes on so long. There's just so many people in it. I think the only pe- people that I'm like, are they rock? I mean, I guess the Go Go's they had some hits. Oh yeah, um, that's the one you're going to ask about. Like, they're clearly they're probably rock. I mean, they're definitely a punk. Rock. I mean, I would I would say them. Well, I'm talking about just oh, in terms careers, of careers, right? You know, but they were pioneering. Like, they were definitely pioneering. They should be in the hall of yeah. fame. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't love a lot of Todd Rundgren stuff. So I mean, I know he was a producer and did a lot of different. Like he was kind of a jack of all trades, but like he was also a performer. And I don't really love a bunch of his stuff. At some point, I think Neil, you know, uh, Clapton had that uh, painted SG the fool or whatever. Yeah, yeah. At, at, at some point, he ended up owning it somehow. Huh. Which is pretty fucking cool. Yeah, <laughs> he was in a band Utopia. I don't, I don't really? know. I know he produced stuff. a lot of stuff, and he's always seemed okay. like a pretty cool guy. But I really am not super familiar with his music. Yeah, the Foo Fighters. That just makes me feel old. They certainly <laughs> deserve to be in there, but I'm like, wow, bands that we grew up with are going in as legacy members. <laughs> yeah, Jay Z definitely. I mean, because it, it's more becoming more of just a. Music not a hall, pop of fame. hall of Fame, but and Jay Z's rocket, like he definitely has an edge and did a lot of good stuff. That New York song that he did with uh, Leash Keys, that's mm-hmm. pretty rocking, kind well, of. Well, well, Ninety Nine right. Problems is very rocking. Yeah, that's true. For me, it doesn't have to be rock and roll. At this point, like rock and roll has been a, at this point, almost a cooler way to say pop music, right? I mean, because it just it encompasses yeah. all of that. It's almost more of an attitude kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, much, it's yeah. definitely an attitude, thing. and that I'm fine sure. with. And honestly. There's really no one I have any issue with with being in. I think I mean everyone they're talking about is super talented. For me, the thing I my issue with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame though is the people they leave out because they won't get TV ratings hmm. because maybe they're just not like the Guess Who and shit like that where it's like and so that that kind of political popular. So who are you thinking of? The Guess Who and like Iron Maiden's not in there and there's just other bands where it's kind of like we're, we're thinking about who we're 
going to put on air as much as we're thinking about who deserves it. I'm totally cool with everyone who's in, but it's kind of like, yeah, man, just because some band doesn't still have a super big whatever, like, recognize them, mm-hmm. especially well, in the Rock you can, Hall of Fame. You, you, and it, it almost doesn't make sense they, they would do that because you can you can have a headliner. You know, Tina Turner is going to bring you, and Jay-Z are going to bring you, and Foo Fighters are going to bring you numbers with the other mm-hmm, ones. You mm-hmm. can do smaller. Like, Carol King wrote a lot of good songs. Considering how many um, songs for Aretha that Carol King wrote. It's just a show, and it's a reason to have a museum. Like, that's really what, if you look at what it is. Right, but it would be yeah. cool to have, like, it's cool to have a museum of all this stuff. And, like, all mm-hmm, these people. Mm-hmm. But it's just, once again, bring in, like said, Iron Maiden, like, Rage Against the Machine. Like, why are they not fucking, like, nominated before some of these other people who are, like, I mean, they're definitely more first. They're a much better, much more significant man than the fucking Foo Fighters. For sure. Who? Rage. Iron Maiden? No, Rage Against oh, the Machine. Rage. Yeah. Are I they mean, are, are they not in? Uh-uh. Huh. Are the Smashing Pumpkins in? See, that's what I'm saying. I don't think so. And that shit's I don't fucking think they great. Are well, yeah, for some reason, I'm looking on this website, and they have other awards that I didn't like. Early Influence Award, Craftwork, Charlie Patton, Patton Gil that. Scott Heron. That's cool. And that's, that's cool. Musical Excellence Awards, LL Cool J, Billy Preston, and Randy Rhodes. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> and the Amet Erdogan Yeah, I Award, thought it was the, the Charlie Amat. Patton thing cracked me up. Oh, yeah. Why? Just, it's been so long. Like, someone finally was like, or, or were they just filling a spot? Like, we need a third guy. Fucking Charlie, I don't know, Charlie Patton. <laughs> now, like, what says music more than Charlie Patton and Kraftwerk? You know, of the, <laughs> they, over the last hundred years. But they probably put Robert Johnson that is, in that, early. That's a, that's a wide gap. I think it's great he's in, whenever he's yeah. in. Because not, and, not many yeah. people know his stuff. That's true. As we discussed, even if you try to listen to Charlie Patton, it's... <laughs> no, man, I have one track that, honestly, I haven't heard tons, and it's great. It's called Some of These Days I'm Gonna Be Gone. And it's definitely old school, but it is just a... It's like a folk tune almost more than a straight, like, Delta Blues tune. Yeah, I'm, I'm more talking about just the audio quality. Is like, what is happening right now? It's <laughs> What's literally like the first motherfuckers ever recorded playing blues? Yeah, and it's just like... <laughs> what if you went back in time and the recording was actually excellent? That's just how he sounded. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. <laughs> so now the recording's fine, man. Another fucker just sounds, he sings with distortion. Well, doing a complete 180 from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, let's talk about some bands that only had one good song. <laughs> a lot of respect. If you can even have one hit that, that, that does it all. Like if you, so, so for me, if somebody was like, Josh, what's your favorite one, like one hit wonder? Actually, nobody would ever ask me that. But <laughs> if I had to think about what, what's your yo, favorite? Josh. I mean, I would probably what's, ask what's you that. Like, if, if, I'm gonna, if I'm going to ask you that question, yeah, that's true. That's true. So, Josh, so I would. My answer who's your would favorite be, one hit one? <laughs> yeah, thank you for asking, Jonathan. Yeah, yeah. uh, it's um, it would be "Take on Me" by Aha. Uh-huh, I think. Oh, I don't know how I feel about that song. <laughs> it's a great tune. And the eighties, the eighties was rich with one hit wonders. Yeah. That's for sure. I mean, was- I'm not saying. I'm saying I literally don't know how I feel about it. It's like <laughs> I like it, but it's so melodramatic. It's so. I mean, but it's so. It's such a catchy, good melody. Would it be as good like, without the video? Um. Yeah. I. I, I think the be. video it's, it's a, adds on to it, but like the song is still memorable without the video. Okay. For sure. Just since you started out in the eighties and you went, in the, I'll, I'll say, "Don't you forget about me" by whoever the fuck that was by. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I've forgotten about him. Unfortunately, I did Don't not listen to the message of the song. But that's, that's the. It's the Breakfast Bunch. Breakfast. That's bunch? from that movie. <laughs> breakfast Bunch. What's he called? That's the from breakfast the, club. the Breakfast Club. That, that's the from the movie. <laughs> the Breakfast Bunch. The Breakfast Bunch. 
That's the early bird special. <laughs> Bunch of crunch. Uh, <laughs> hold on, we we got we got to look up the bit. It's uh, Simple Minds. Simple That's right. Yes. I'll take it back to the '70s. One you wouldn't really think about, but I remember. I knew it early from my childhood. I think from like Time Life commercials was um, Inagata Devita. Iron, Iron Butterfly. butterfly. Like, nice. There's nothing else that anyone knows of their catalog. And it's such a classic, hilarious hit. Yeah, it is. Let me ask you something. So would you consider, because this is a band that I like, and I know more than one song, but I don't know if many people would. So so like Blind Melon, No Rain, would that be a one-hit wonder? Was that a one-hit wonder? I, I mean, I guess. It's one hit. If, I don't think they had another hit. But... No, they didn't. Well, they had Change, um, which wasn't a huge hit. They had a career beyond No Rain, but that was the only thing that was probably super commercial and made the radio. So. Okay, so so we're saying that would be considered a one hit. I guess. Um, it, it offends me, but sure. <laughs> it offends you? Uh, yeah. Jonathan, I like Jonathan do you have an, another one that, that comes to mind? Mm, I'm going to go Black Betty by... Ram Jam. Oh, Ram Jam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's not a whole lot of songwriting there, but there's enough. It's a lot just, of machismo. There's just, <laughs> there's enough sense of taste and just the horsepower to like fucking just horsepower, make it work. Yes, but yes. let me ask you a question. If Blow doesn't use that so efficiently in the movie, are you saying that today? If I had heard it, I would have been a fan. It's definitely a fucking. Yeah, I don't even remember that scene. All what? I think of is fucking Can't You, can't you Hear Me Knocking at the beginning. Like. There's not another song in that movie, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Neil, g- give me another one. Well, one more recent uh, Pumped Up Kicks, Foster the People. Like, nice. that song was everywhere for about a year and then oh. gone. I mean, it was fine. It was cool the first 100 times I heard it. Look, Mr. Take On Me, I don't think you're in a position to, to judge anybody. <laughs> hey, are we forgetting about Gangnam Style? No. <laughs> Gangnam Style. <laughs> I feel like a lot of one-hit wonders are just gimmick songs, you know, like Lion Sleeps Tonight or Tequila or... Tequila. Uh, tequila. Oh. oh, you can't just say that. I'm not... that. That's not... When you say tequila, I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, like the drink? Uh, or like Spirit in the Sky. Uh, <laughs> Spirit in the Sky, for sure. Would you take, from the 80s, would you take Electric Avenue or 99 Luff Balloons? Well, 99 which, Love Balloons. That's a, a great tough song. one, actually. That's a good, <laughs> that's a good one, Neil. That's a yeah, tough one. It is tough not even a question for me. It's <laughs> 99, 99 Love Balloons. Yeah, I would take 99. I don't know. Really? Electric it's, Avenue annoys me. It's a cooler <laughs> tune than... Like, if you had to hear one 10 times in a row, I'd much rather hear fucking Electric Avenue. Maybe. I've definitely been to a wedding where everyone was doing that dance on the dance floor. Which and one? Joined in. The Electric Avenue dance. I, don't, I think you're thinking that, of electric that's slide. That's a different song. <laughs> oh my god! What they did that in the breakfast bunch. <laughs> the electric that in the breakfast dance. bunch. Those are my favorites. Oh my god! When they do that dance in the like, the breakfast bunch, that's <laughs> awesome. The, the early bird special. <laughs> How about because it's it was on the brain from last weekend? A little walking in Memphis. Pete oh, Davidson did the yeah. walking in Staten. Oh my god! That's so dumb. But I do love that song. <laughs> yeah, I always thought that that was um, like Mike and the Mechanics or something. Like I thought it was Bruce Hornsby or Mike and the Mechanics. Or <laughs> who is it? Do I did not know. know. Huh? Do we know who it is? It was is? Mark Cohen. Cohen. Ah. Yeah, it's a good song. I mean, it's definitely like 
it's, about it's very of the era the, the produ- it's like it's definitely piano bar like you know it, but it's, it's a good song it's definitely a good song Jonathan yeah give us one more Jonathan I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna go with um, Never My Love by The Association from like probably 66 or something like, Never My Love that song is I would I would I would actually do that on the pod but like, I don't I don't know how to cover it it's too harmony it's super harmony dense but uh mm. Oh, you know what? I'm going to stay in that in that vein and go 10cc. I'm not in love. Which one is that? I'm not in love. Oh my god. So don't forget it. Uh, ba-da, Josh, ba-da, just when I, just when I thought you couldn't be any whiter, well, you managed to fucking <laughs> impress me. <laughs> Certainly. <laughs> and and on that note, uh, you were listening to Pod Gave Rock and Roll to you, and we're talking about one hit wonders because this week we are talking about. Gautier's single, Somebody That I Used to Know, featuring Kimbra, from his album Making Mirrors, uh, written by Matthew DeBacker and produced by DeBacker. So I remember this song creeping into, creeping into the ether right around the time we started playing uh, live as For the Kings. It, I don't know if y'all remember this, but it was like we would show up to bars and like this song would just be playing before every oh, yeah. show and probably Everywhere. after every show and just boom, boom, boom. It's almost like, you know, we used to play Villains Tavern a lot and they just played that Raconteurs album on repeat. Every yeah. like kind of made me tired of the Raconteurs <laughs> after a while. But especially when we played like the basement where there was more of like, a, you know, modern hits going on when we weren't playing. This song was just, oh, and it was so contagious. Like you're just singing it over and like stuck in your head and i listened to the album uh making mirrors and it's such shit other than the song really like i, I mean i'm not super surprised i mean it's just very reggae australian really? it's reggae cool. basically I, I, I like some of the songs on there right before this i think home by edward sharp and the magnetic zeros had come out which in like civil war mm-hmm. where this country band it's like the the male female kind of back and forth uh, shovels and rope we're doing it and then this song comes out probably blows all of them out of the water just in terms of how much money it made but also it, I, I mean i it's hard to gauge whether this and catch this is catchier than that song home but i think overall yeah. it's a better song it definitely has um, a higher art on factor yeah it's it's less americana more artsy a little bit but you know i i love the lyric i love the melody i love the voices together it has some really high peaks, but after listening to the song all week, it kind of fades at the end. Like you mm-hmm. can, you can. It kind of seems like he wrote this song and was like, "God, this is good," and just tried to end it, and just just like, "Fuck <laughs> it, it's so good." Before this, like, we'll just end it like this. I think it was uh, very popular for a reason. It's very unique. Just the percussive sound. It, it has elements of all kinds of stuff, but in this package, I don't think we had really heard before anything like this. And I think just his passion, the way he's singing it, kind of the choruses, he's like really harnessing contempt. Even the way he's delivering it, it's just, he's so pissed. But overall... Well, it's, it, it, he's resigned and then pissed, right? Yeah. He's, he's bitter. And, um, but overall, I think it, this song burned really bright. It was good in the time, but now it seems it already seems dated for some reason a little bit. Really? Yeah, just because it, it just it, it was everywhere. Like you said, it just became everywhere. It's it kind of like very, all right, it was I'm, ubiquitous. I'm, yeah, I'm over it. But I mean, it is a great song. Cool. I'm gonna make a rum drink real quick. Okay. 
honestly, I just think top, top to bottom, the song is excellent. I have no criticisms whatsoever of this song. It's oh, Jonathan, surprising. It just works. Okay, I mean, I'm nothing if not surprising, up. Josh. Three <laughs> thumbs up, I would say. Three thumbs up uh, for Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> um, great melody. Great chord changes, which obviously go with melody. Great lyrics. Great production. Great performance. Strong narrative. Unique sound. Yet a universal perspective. I mean, keep it just checks com- every fucking box. It's like an Elton Forget. John song, but Elton John has like 23 of these. But yeah, like, it's well, good like that. Yeah, and here's how unique. It, it's it's a reggae, it's a modern day like reggae duet. Ballad. This isn't reggae. No, not even reggae. Well, but it's like... The rest of the dun, album maybe, but dun, this dun, isn't dun, reggae. It, but the beat is very... You could say it has a Caribbean dun, production dun, element, dun, but dun, I wouldn't dun, say this is reggae. Because it's so dun, percussive, which is wooden like... Bum, 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 bum. But, but the, the beat behind it is always, yeah, I mean, it's I hear it's what you're not, saying, but not necessarily. It's more Caribbean. It's like and, islandy. And is it like a New Zealand kind of or Australian? One of those <laughs> rhythm. I think he's Australian. Uh, he's Australian. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's barely any kind of anything other than percussion. Even the guitar is just working in a percussive manner, and then every, almost everything else is just little kind of like hits and. Little almost percussion with notes. To to me, when I hear like especially just all the little pieces that are thrown in there, there is a guitar part in there, but it's very arty, like almost like he's painting something. Well, and, and there's, and just there's like, two kinda, competing okay, guitars. Some... There's like one yeah. go, one's going up and one's going down. This is almost to me like I mean, those components. Are, I see what you guys are saying. I think those components are there, but this is almost more like Nutcracker Suite, like arrangement, yeah, like yeah. almost, Ooh, yeah, almost Classical. orchestrated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But with kind of islandy instruments. Mm-hmm. But th- these dudes ain't smoking weed, though. <laughs> well, so it samples the the Louis Bonfa uh, gets writing credit Louis on Bonfa? this because it does his name Bonfa? have a question mark built into it? Bonfa. Louis Bonfa. Put a question mark in so my name from now. On. He he. Sa- the inst- the instrumental it, it comes from his instrumental. Se- 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 how do you say? Se- is it Seville? Seville, Seville, uh, yeah. in Spain, in Spain it's Sevilla. Okay, so the 1967 instrumental from Louis Bonfa. It samples this, so the music you're hearing is basically that. Oh, really? And the first nine notes, the that is from a nursery rhyme. Cock sucking motherfuckers. Are you shitting me? Yeah. This is all ripped off. Well, it's it's it's. Yes, he is the answer I think you're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's fair. Hey, I, I, now let's be clear. There's different ways of sampling. And when you sample something that makes it unrecognizable from what yeah, it was no. and a new thing, hey, that's beautiful. But I'm still surprised, pleasantly unsurprised. So basically, here's what he said. He started with that sample, then he found the drums, and then he did the lyric and the melody, and then he added that guitar sound, like... Mm-hmm. So he started the sample, went to another sample, and then he fucking wrote to it. But that, be, hey, let's be clear: a collage can, is like a collage. It can still be very cool. The but chorus the has nothing. The chorus isn't sampling anything. So here we go. Here's the difference between this and El, actually Elton John. With Elton John, that shit is all Elton John with some Bertie Taupin lyrics. Yeah. So basically, he wrote all this. He wrote the kind of the first half of it, and he was like, "Huh." I'm, it, it, this is very similar to the David Byrne song we talked about. In that he was like, "This isn't enough for a song." 
mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And he's just like, this is really good then, what I have. And then the brilliance and, came. And then, and then he actually says this quote, this is pretty good. How can I get to the end really quickly? <laughs> and so like weeks after he'd written all the first stuff, he decided to write a female part. Yes. And, and a change in perspective. When did he write the and chorus though? The chorus came after the verse. So the chorus came after all the, the thing I said. He well, wrote the chorus progression I will, later. As a you know, a songwriter, I would recognize that as a very unusual thing where the most concise part of the song comes last. Mm-hmm. That's very impressive. That's actually that's now that's why it's magical because even the samples and the shit, the fact that he wrote to that chorus, I, I do not write the choruses. I start with the chorus and then I write but sometimes you have to. Sometimes you come up with a good verse. But, you, like, but well, rarely do you write to the best part of the song. Usually you start sure. with the best and, and continue. That's, that's very impressive. I do think yeah. the best part, what really makes a song what it is, is bringing in the female voice. Like I don't think it would yes. be as popular if she didn't come in because it's, it's almost like what you always talk about, Jonathan. It's something unexpected at the end that really kind of oh, it's puts it to a new level because it, and you it have makes no it idea much it's coming. like but it's kind of like that song we'll get into under influences but that um don't you love me you know don't you don't love you me baby love me. Yeah, it starts yeah, yeah. with the guy and then it ends with the chick and this is we've seen this before yeah so yeah i don't think that's the magic of the song and then i think that's brilliant production to your point i think that's brilliant production i don't think it's the no i'm just magic. saying that it's why we're talking about it i don't think it would have been quite as popular without the female part Maybe I think I would like it 98% as much without the female part. Really? Oh, no way, no way. But I think the, I think the cacophony of their voices at the uh, end yeah, but yeah. Let's be clear, are, it's are very really good. nice. Let's be clear, but it's so succinct and communicative that it transcends sex or gender being fucking well, dumped. But it does also bitterness. because it has both perspectives. That's why and that's it transcends. Cool. And that's why it But he so hooks me with the first part. So I the, could, the first verse is just That's what fantastic. I'm saying. Even without that. Right. Or here, let's be clear though. A woman could have sang the first part and it would still be just as effective. Because it's first person. Mm-hmm. I got fucked and I fucking love you, but fuck you. That's what this whole song is. And it's so good at that. It's so bittersweet. Hey, well, Okay, so, so that naturally goes into the lyric, which I, I think is my favorite part of the song. I, I think the lyric is so tight, and that first verse is, well, I'll say my favorite line is probably, you can get addicted to a certain kind of sadness. That is such a great line. Um, but just the when we were together, like when you said you he says all these things that are so obvious, but he put them down like this. And just the whole the tagline of somebody that I used to know is just such a great way to, to put somebody you were in a relationship with that you no longer talk to. This motherfucker's dating a narcissist. Because <laughs> it's just because he's like, how could you be this fucking cold? Yeah. It's not even like we grew apart or there's a mutual. It's just like, what the fuck? Like, this is like, I just recently watched Basic Instinct, which is a great film noir. Right. Yeah. It's a oh, fucking yeah. great yeah, of movie. Course. Classic. Uh, that's a just Sharon Stone. Yeah, oh my goodness! No, but, uh, that mo- that movie helped get me through. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> it's it's very puberty. it's very Hitchcocky. Like it's fucking uh-huh. it's oh, yeah. fantastic yeah. film noir. Anyway, there's a part in that movie where like after she kind of uses him, she's like, well, she just she, he shows up and she's just cold as ice to him, and mm-hmm, she's just like, mm-hmm. fuck off, I'm finished writing my book. And that's what she is the fucking antagonist, and he's well, the protagonist. Yes, and the the other line that kind of defines that. 
is the told myself that you were right for me, but felt so lonely in your company. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great. Yeah. It's very introspective. The reason why you can tell what he means about being addicted to a certain feeling is it's like with narcissism, someone makes you feel great and then it's just gone. And the contrast from like feeling love to feeling abandoned is such a wide swing that you're like, I have to get this back. I have to get it back. I have to get it back. Yeah. And that's why this dude's in right now. I'm pretty sure some of the people I've dated in my life have felt that way. Yeah. About you. Yeah. I've always and the reason about this, you, this is so good is because it is so relatable. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like everyone's Universally. been here. Everyone's been this mad and been like, what the fuck? Where did that go? Like, what the Fucking fuck? Your friends coming over to get the records? Fuck you. Well, and also the, going into the chorus of like, this isn't even a narcissistic take, Jonathan, I think, but you didn't have to cut me off, make it out like it never happened and we That's were nothing. That's narcissism. Like, no, I mean, I, I just think like, I, I've been in relationships where the breakup happened and, and the other person, you just have to cut them off. To move forward, it's not well, about let's being be clear. narcissistic. There are scenarios. It's, there are scenarios where you have to cut someone off, but there are also scenarios where cutting someone self, cu- cutting someone off, is because you just don't give enough of a, of a fuck about someone else. To, absolutely. To, so there's a spectrum there for sure. Yes. I, okay. I, I agree. Now, what what is what is your favorite line? Would you say? I mean, they're all so effective, but really, just the somebody that I used to know. Really, the chorus line because it so efficiently encapsulates. What else can you fucking say? It's like, I don't know. It's just someone I was intimately involved with, and now they're gone. So that's, she's just somebody I used to know. I mean, it's so, it's mm-hmm. rare that people write that effectively. Yeah. Another pushback on your narcissist, because when she comes in, her verse is to kind of show you that, like, hey, this is what I felt. Let's be clear. I'm tired of talking to that woman. I don't even listen to the second verse. <laughs> I've already heard her bullshit before. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> The truth comes out. Neil, what's your favorite line? Um, I think just when the chorus comes in, you didn't have to cut me off, make it yeah. make it out like it never happened, and we were nothing. And even the way he says that, it's a it's a tongue twister there, but he he delivers it well. Have your friend grab your records and then change your number. And they're definitely using a xylophone in this song. Yeah, it right? sounds like a wooden xylophone, though. Or I guess but it makes wo- sense no. that it that it's a nursery rhyme. Like, just moving yeah. into the music yeah. a little bit. Like, it makes sense that, that those, those xylophone notes are mm-hmm. a nur- nursery rhyme. I, don't, I can't honestly swear that they're xylophone. But there's something. That, let's be clear, there's a whole spectrum of instruments of yeah. that nature. Mm-hmm. It sounds like some wood block and then some kind of, like guitar with the I don't know it sounds mm-hmm. almost Japanese like but Japanese but the but the, the musical <laughs> like the, the Japanese I don't know I don't know I don't know what the adjective form of Japan is <laughs> well but there are flutes in here so the the famous the Japanese flutes that you guys always talk Japanese. about Japanese uh, God I'm uh, such a hillbilly but the the like the whole like xylophone flutes it creates such like a weird bed for him to be taught like to be so bitter around because it's very innocent it feels like things are unsettled and being processed mm. and it feels un like like the foundation is gone it's raw it feels like it feels like yeah. code like i don't just, know when i think raw i don't think xylophone i don't think like nursery I'm not sure there's xylophone. A xylophone in there <laughs> no there is there is there is he, he's playing xylophone Gautier is playing guitar, synthesizer, xylophone, flutes, percussion, and samples. 
and you have a Lucas Toronto on bass, and and that's that's pretty much it. He's basically playing everything, and you got a bass player, and then you got Kimber singing singing the stuff. I, I will tell you, man, it, it always blows me away when a band does one song this good. I mean, it's just like fuck me. It's a perfect song. It's mm-hmm. like give me That's... four more of these in your Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, we haven't heard from pretty... him since, really. Yeah, but whatever. <laughs> he definitely even, went better back than most into people. his uh, into the outback. <laughs> To, to have the lyric be that good and the music be that kind of original and then the melody also be as good. You don't find that kind of trifecta in a lot of songs. The vocals sound fine, but it almost with those three things, yeah, yeah. it'd be tough to fuck yeah. this up unless you were off key. So it feels like the vocal is his sentiment and the music is like the machinations of the relationship just cold and fucking like almost mm-hmm, like yeah. nihilist just German <laughs> definitely, definitely. I don't give a fuck about you this is but a machine somebody, you're somebody I used to know but if you do listen to her verse he could be the nihilist and if that's the case the narcissist I mean if that's the case then it, it, that's a whole other element of like he's kind of giving you from his point of view I and then she's like well you can't it kind of goes like this word she says Josh we've established you can't trust <laughs> but can you tr- how, why can you trust a word he says he's just he's been hurt <laughs> he's, he, man, give him a break, dude. He's hurt and I don't trust, I don't appreciate your cross examination of the fucking witness. Objection, Your Honor. <laughs> Sustained. Oh. <laughs> now, are you guys both as high on the melody as I am? Like, I think it's as good. There's nothing as about the this song I don't like. Yeah, except her opinion. Yeah, except for her lyric. No, no, <laughs> except the that's fact that I my... hear from her. <laughs> <laughs> to be clear, to be clear, I love hearing the. That's definitely my favorite part when she comes in. Yeah, I, I think I, you're just. I think you want to go out with the chick, huh? Yeah. I think you just want to go out no, with the chick. No, definitely not. Is what it sounds no. like. I mean, I because <laughs> I mean, her coming in that leads into like when he's singing the last chorus, she's like screaming the harmonies. Like it, it's more effective when you watch the video because she's kind of almost yelling the harmonies, almost trying to drown out what he's saying. Like, shut up. With all of this, the music, the lyric, the melody, everything, this song sums up, and you know, it's, it's straightforward, but it sums up, you're in a relationship with, with somebody who's basically your best friend for a certain amount of time that you're in that relationship, and mm-hmm. then you are strangers, basically, yeah. afterwards. Oh, yeah. And that, that that's such an odd yeah. concept, because you don't really do that with many people in your life. <laughs> And strangers for but, life, strangers that shall not meet again. <laughs> yeah, and it's weird when you do run into each other. Yeah, yeah. You're like, hey, what's up? Or you ignore each other. So it, it, like, this song like, <laughs> really creates that feeling mm-hmm. um, in a way that obviously resonated with a ton of fucking people because it hit number one a year and a half after, in the U.S. a year and a half after it yeah, came out. Crazy. Well, it probably didn't have a lot of promotion. No, I think it was on a, like a show or something in in Australia, and then it started getting some play, and then obviously it moved into England before it moved into the U.S., which is how that shit goes. Um, it's the ACDC Bee Gees. ACDC Bee Gees. ACBGs. That'd be a cool cover band. They just did ACDC Gees. Oh my songs. god, that'd be amazing. <laughs> it, it it won it won a Grammy. It didn't win a Grammy for Record of the it Year. Deserves it. Yeah, um, it should. And honestly, I don't know how you'd recreate this in a live setting. I didn't well, see any live versions or anything like that, but I don't know yeah. how you would. Do I that. honestly think it's really doable. Honestly, yeah. like yeah, it's doable because there's but... nothing uniquely like it's not 
Freddie Mercury or Jimi Hendrix. There's nothing uniquely impossible. I think it'd be cool in a it's small the, venue, but uh, like on a festival or something, it might be difficult to get the the volume you need out of all the. Bum, 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 bum. Yeah, it, you, you, this is not open. This is not stadium music. To its success, it's crazy. There was there's 991 million listens on Spotify, and 1.6 billion views of the video, which is nice work. The video is nice great. Work, Gautier. The- yeah, it is great. It's cool. Where they they just blend in and out of the scenery of a wall mm-hmm. as they as they have this conversation of like I was here and now I'm not and now I'm here again, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. And, and it never shows her face. She just kind of looks over to the side mm-hmm. and kind of is on the wall already yeah. out of the scene. They, they did a great job with pretty much everything they did with the with this song. I think obviously by the success that it's had with its one point. 21 gigawatt views. <laughs> the flux capacitor is fucking kicking in here. And, and, and speaking of the flux capacitor, I think that brings us to the vibe time portion of this podcast uh, because we really didn't have any negative things to say about Gautier's. Somebody that, and featuring Kimber is somebody that I used to know. It's an it's anomaly for Pod Give Rock and Roll to you. Uh, so cue the, the vibe in three, two, one. I'm sorry to report the vibe is still out of service. Womp womp. The batteries are dead. The batteries are dead. We need to get some new double A Johnnies. Um, <laughs> hey, Johnnies always can only come in D's, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Since this is my Chug. song, I, I, honestly, I kind of only want to hear the song in a car where I can pump up the volume and 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 really get after it when the when the chorus hits. <laughs> want to get really get yeah. after it? Just sit there and contemplate and you your own fucking like misery. Neil, what, Neil, when do you want to hear this? I don't. I couldn't think of a good time I want to put this on unless you really just want to <laughs> sink into uh, your own sadness. Um, you want to get I bitter about some um, old loves? It's a song that I used to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> it's a song that you used yeah. to know. It's a melody I used to no. know. Uh, Jonathan, what about you? I want to hear this song with good headphones sitting on an airplane. Ah. Because there's so much to get into that takes you away from the monotony of, you know, flying that 35,000 feet. Yeah. <laughs> Which is crazy as hell. But it's the kind of song that makes it makes it doesn't matter where you are, it makes it interesting. And especially because once again, we've all been through relationships like this, but especially being removed from it, you can look at these kind of things that used to cause stress or drama in your life as like curiosities. And that's what this song feels like. It feels like a hall of curiosities fucking exhibit of your, you know, and like the bullshit you encountered along the way. It's like a bitter nostalgia trip with with a nice melody. Yeah, exactly. It's like a fucking... Your hall of freaks. Speaking of hall, a hall of freaks. <laughs> let's slide under the influence and talk about the influences, past and present and future, and uh, other songs that you would recommend if you like this song. Jonathan, what you got? When I hear the song, and I didn't really make the Australian connection, I think of Men at Work. Ooh, it sounds like fucking yeah. Land Down Under. Dun, it just totally dun, dun, has dun. that vibe. Yeah, it, it has a totally like that per- like weird percussive stuff going on. Yeah, and I, yeah exactly. The, the, the yeah. Nice. So I think Minute Work is my go-to. Uh, Sans Gautier. Vegemite sandwich. I'm I'm pro Vegemite. You know, I, like, Gautier is probably pro Vegemite. I don't know about Camera though. Sounds like it. <laughs> Gautier and Vegemite just seem like they're uh, parallel together. That's hilarious. Neil, what you got? 
Um, well, it's a very unique song. I mean, I couldn't think of anything specifically that it influenced her, was influenced by, but I think just his voice and even his look a little bit re- was reminding me of Winwood, and it was kind mm-hmm. of even more so on uh, my other favorite song on that album, that I feel better, better. It sounds like Winwood singing that, like kind of late 70s, 80s. Oh my God, you liked another song on that album? Yeah, you don't like I Feel Better? That's a good one. Not really. No. No, no, no. Um, I, I'm gonna go with his voice is a little stingish. They a little Coldplay, a little Coldplayish for me, I think. And, and content-wise, it's it's very uh, must have been love by Roxette. I'm like, what other song kind of uh, does this? Must have been love, but it's <laughs> over now. Yeah, yeah. You're not. No, it's a better breakup. It's a sweeter. It's a sweeter version of that sentiment. <laughs> And I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Maybe if it's Australia, because let's, let's think about Australia for a second. Very far south, or South Pacific, rather, is what I'm trying to say. Indi- the um, Indian meets the Pacific, right? But European influence, but also their native, like, mm-hmm. Aborigines. Midnight Oil. Mm-hmm. Ah. Th- that band. Yeah. That ha- there's a thing there that's, like, yeah. European, but it's also a little bit islandy. Yeah. yeah. And there's a little prison convict in there too somewhere well, it's i guess a big, it's um, a big british island basically with, with, right, with natives. yeah and so it's a common it's an eclectic mix and I, maybe that's the word that really i think i'm looking for is eclectic mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah G- gautier the eclectic mix of australia <laughs> <laughs> he's part of the eclectic mix speaking of eclectic mixes uh why don't we jump under the covers for a minute talk about all the covers we heard jonathan how many covers did you listen to I'm not sure, actually. <laughs> so here's many, what I mean by I'm so not sure. Many. <laughs> no, so few actually. There was a version where I saw where like like one person was doing everything or something mm-hmm. like. Yeah, I think uh, I've seen I've, that on guitar. Right, like slapping but and I don't fucking think looping. That's <laughs> our son slapping and looping, <laughs> slapping and looping, just getting my slap and loop on. Oh my god, just slapping I and looping. I want to do a whole new podcast slapping and looping. What are you doing tonight? Slapping and looping. <laughs> slapping and looping. Everyone's like, sweet, me too. Uh-uh. Question mark. <laughs> Want to come over and slap um, and loop? <laughs> I'm going to do that by myself. <laughs> slap on a loop. That's a one-man operation. Slap on a loop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. And slap. Okay, slap. so how was this slap and loop? Well, it's kind of leads into what I was going to say. I like I didn't listen to any, but there's so I'm sure there's so many nursery, acapella, like slap and loop. Like there's so many like, ooh, t- listen to our take. There's the definitely loop. a vitamin string quartet. There's definitely bluegrass. <laughs> there's definitely quartet. bluegrass. Oh, uh, very nice vitamin string quartet, Neil. Where'd that come from? How do you know? Oh, because they do almost every song. There's they do. Yeah, a, we, we we've covered this a lot. Yeah, we've covered them I, a lot. I've only mentioned that's them the, like that's 50 the ill-defined. <laughs> that's the pervert clown. No, no, that's not the pervert clown. No, no, no. That's no, that's postmodern jukebox. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I gotta talk. Well, we do. We but, do have another appearance by our favorite Pentatonics. Did a terrible version of the song. That, yeah. <laughs> On Spotify, the second most listened it's version is a remix. That's not good. Like it's definitely like. It's for the club. They're like this song is so popular, but we can't really play it in the club because it doesn't really have that club beat. Well, it it gives it that beat, but the the lyrics are so kind of like downer it's like i don't want to fucking dance to this uh, a lot of the remixes i heard were really like 
You can Okay, let's be clear real quick. So the thing I was talking about was by it's on YouTube, it's by Mima Ejul. It has one point almost two million views. Mima Ejul? Mima Ejul. Like my mother and Jewel in English? I have no idea about your mom and Jewel. I don't think it has anything to do with that. This is just M-Y, I'm sorry, Myrna, M-Y-R-N-A. Oh, okay. Yeah, Not listen to that one. It's fine. It looks like four people molesting a guitar, but it, it's effective. Well, speaking of four people molesting a guitar. It, I mean, it's a, it's a guitar gangbang, honestly. I've never seen so many people on one guitar at once. How does, how does the shoe fit, Jonathan? It fits like a shoe I used to wear, that, but I don't really have anything to do with it anymore. Don't steal my line. <laughs> it fits like a shoe hey, that man, I I'm used to guy wear. Who got asked? Um, but, um, yeah, no. So I'll second that. That was my line too. And yeah, like fuck these shoes. Time for new shoes. Get out, shoes. Oh, yeah, Take your records and get the fuck um, out of here. Even even better said, Neil. Fuck these shoes. Time for new shoes. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I, I phrase it a little differently. It it it, it fit once. <laughs> All the drama. Don't it cry fit. for Josh. He's already once. dead. <laughs> it fit once. once. <laughs> it was a long time ago. I love ago. your fucking like, your, your Barney French existentialist perfume commercial of an answer. <laughs> Is he saying boo or boo earns? Uh, <laughs> and on that note, our cover of Gautier's, somebody that I used to know. Once. Somebody that I used to 
know Now you're just somebody that I used to know cover you just heard was performed by josh bond neil marsh and michelle marsh thanks for listening to pod gave rock and roll to you if you like what you heard please subscribe and give us a good rating on apple or spotify or wherever you listen if you'd like to reach out to us you can find us on twitter and instagram under the handle at pod gave rock next week is johnny's week what are we gonna do sunny afternoon by the kinks can't wait (laughs) 